There are so many stars shining in the sky, so many beautiful things winking at you. But when Venus comes out, all others are waned. They are pushed to the background. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. Oh, yeah, baby. Mehmet. Mehmet. Mehmet, yeah. I wanted you to say it first because I wasn't quite sure how to pronounce it. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, well, it's, it's Mehmet Murat Ildan, a contemporary Turkish playwright, novelist and thinker. And talking of thinkers, glorious podcast listeners of old will know that I have the great thinker and polymath, all-round lover, Jamie Franklin. That is quite an intro. Thank you, Matthew. Can you live up to it, Jamie? Do you oh, think? well, I'll try my best. Um, it's back. lovely It's lovely <laughs> to be on, on the poddy again. I've missed it dearly. Um, I've been off making babies. And when I say babies, I mean one baby. And off making rock songs. And when I say rock songs, I mean one rock song. But, <laughs> you know, I'm getting bad, there. Though. One baby, one rock song. I've got song. one baby tick, one rock song tick, and I'm working on others. Um, mm. Babies and rock songs. So that's really um, good. Yeah, I man. Mean, I, it's very been most it's impressive. Been, it's been lovely. So uh, it's it's nice to have that break. And uh, what a year we've got ahead of us. You know? Oh God, yes. So well, we'll, most we'll get a very you know, we'll get a few Jamie. podcasts under our belt. Yes, yeah. Well, I'm hoping this is going to be a part of a kind of little. I've got a season of twelve podcasts I wanted to do with you, Jamie, of like space exploration podcasts. Yeah, and and I thought the best place to start, as as you may have gathered was with Earth's sister planet. Earth's twin. You're talking about Venus, aren't you? I am talking about Venus, Jack. Yeah. Well, where should we start? Well, we could start with the fact that Venus rhymes with... In my head, I was going to say that I'm not going to be the one to instigate any smut on this podcast. (laughs) It's going to have to come from you, and it already has. It already has, but it's associated really with the goddess of love. There you go, the goddess of love. It's goddess love, isn't it? It's like Venus, because she's so beautiful. She's in the so night sky beautiful. there, isn't she? She's a beautiful ginger-haired woman. Now, the, the odd thing about Venus, as everyone knows, I'm sure all the podcast listeners will know this, that it's pretty much the same size as Earth. Like, yes. it's only a tiny bit smaller than Earth. Mm. And it's not that ridiculously different in terms of its distance from the sun. No, it's not. It's pretty similar density. It's made of roughly the same stuff. Yes. Why don't we talk about it like we talk about Mars, Jamie? This is what I'm saying. No one's saying we should occupy Venus. I haven't seen yeah. any Occupy Venus t-shirts. Have you? No, but but now you've said it. I tell you I what, think, I think we should head over to the merch shop and make one right we away. We need to copyright that at once. <laughs> at once. So yes, go over to the Redbubble uh, Interplanetary Podcast merch site and find your <laughs> Audio Occupy, Occupy Venus t-shirt Occupy now. Venus. And I'll almost certainly have designed it on mid-journey. Yeah. As, as, as Discord users will know, we're a bit obsessed with it. We're probably going to be doing mugs, you know, <laughs> maybe a ruler or something like that. Yeah. But, of course, it's hard to occupy Venus because it is a living hell. It's a living hell. Dun, dun, dun. Poor old Venus. The good thing about Venus, I suppose, is it's a lesson. A mm. lesson to be learnt. What do you think, Jamie? That, I think that it's a lesson. If, if we're on Earth and you think, oh, it's, it's all rosy here, it's beautiful, the blue planet, all these love... You watch David Attenborough and you watch all these trees growing and 
frogs in the rainforest, yeah. all their pretty colours. And yeah. then you go to the sea and see all these strange sea life and the diversity of life on Earth. And you think it could all be over if we have like a runaway greenhouse effect, mm. like has happened on Venus for some bizarre reason. Doesn't sound great. No. Do you think I could survive it, Matt? Um, no. What about if I wore some kind of special suit? No, I, no, even if you wore some special suit, there's three things really that are going against you for surviving any length of time. I'm not on a tardigrade. Venus. And even a tardigrade would struggle, I reckon. <laughs> would? Because, yeah. <laughs> well, then we're all buggered. We are all buggered. Like 460 degrees Celsius. Hmm. So that's already considerably hotter than my oven at yes. full blast for making pizzas. Do you know what's crazy about that, Matt? Mm-hmm. Is that stat you just gave me? The surface area of Venus is 460.2 million km squared. Which is, which is only a tad smaller than Earth. Way more land, of course, because you haven't got oceans covering it. So very similar surface area to temperature. Oh, I see what you're saying. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And you still think there isn't a God, huh? <laughs> when are no. you going to wake up? <laughs> Um, no, no, here's, so the other thing going against you, what's the other thing going against you? What's the horrible condition that you just can't do? You go, oh God, this is gross. Uh, I don't know, hit me. Sulfuric acid rain? Uh, Will that help? Well, that, yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. That's not, that's not pretty. (laughs) No, so like the atmosphere is, is very, very horrible. What would annoy you more, the smell or the the sort of heat of the burning acid ripping through your flesh? Um, Probably the, the latter, right? Yeah, I think the, the, the extreme temperature and horrible acid burn, mm. but also the fact it's something like the pressure at the surface is 92 times that of what's on the Earth. Yeah. 92 bar. Ouch. That sounds so, strong. What's the, what's the chances of there being life on Venus? What do you think? Mm, slim. <laughs> slim to none. But Matt, was there ever life? It, it could be that there was oceans only maybe a billion years ago. Mm. That, that this, is, this, this horror story has only really happened reasonably recently. It might have been that life on Earth had really sort of taken hold for quite some time. And, and it was May of the same thing had happened on Venus for quite some time. It's crazy when you think about it like that. And I love the way that you say it's only a billion, but we have to think about it in terms of the age of the universe, right? Well, we need to look at the age of the solar system, which mm. is, you know, a few billion years, five billion odd years. And, and you think, and it didn't take that long for life on Earth to suddenly spring up. And when I say life, I mean like sort of super simple bacterial type thing, you know, yeah. single cell stuff. That easily could have happened on Venus. Mm. And there's no real reason to think that Venus was that much different to Earth. But then something happened Mm. like this. And I suspect it has something to do with volcanoes. And we've had this. We've had this on 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 the podcast before. Paul Byrne and people like that have come on and talked about, you know, how volcanic activity can really do you in (laughs) as a planet. Yes, that's the key, isn't it? That's the key. Mm. Possibility of life. I'm just reading here on one of our notes, the possibility of life in the clouds of Venus has been suggested due to the presence mm. of water, carbon dioxide, and sunlight. What are your well, thoughts? And, yeah, and similar pressures to Earth. So you, 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 like there is a, there's a kind of bit about 30 miles above the surface 
mm. which actually is quite, you know, quite nice. It's the right temperature. There isn't any acid. Um, there's quite a lot of sunlight. The, the pressure isn't ridiculous. Is this what so, we used to talk about Cloud City being like? You know, get exactly. up there with with your with your Lando Calrissians. Yeah, I I don't know here. The chicken and the egg here is the the cloud cities in science fiction. Mm. Is that as a result of people hearing that Venus had like conditions in the clouds that are nice? Or is it that people thought, oh, you can have cloud cities in Venus, whether which way round it is? Yeah. What is came first? Science fiction cloud cities. Should we get George or, Lucas on? Yeah. George, when you were thinking of this, was it about Venus? Yes or no? Well, I mean, he designed the Falcon after a hamburger, didn't he? So crazier mm-hmm. things have happened. If there was life on Venus, mm. it could, it could. Like, like if you dig down into the earth, there's lots of microbial bacteria style life, like deep down underneath the ground. Mm. And there's bacteria up in the atmosphere as well, being blown around and, and everything's there. So maybe life could have res- retreated up into the up into the clouds. So, you know, it's it's not completely unreasonable that there's creatures up in the clouds of Venus. Well, I know Matt, it sounds absolutely ludicrous, but not totally ludicrous. It doesn't sound totally ludicrous, no. Um, you know, and as we see here, in September 2020, a team of astronomers announced the likely detection of phosphine, a gas not yeah. known to be produced by any known chemical processes uh, on the surface or atmosphere in the upper <laughs> levels of the planet clouds. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, yes. But, but see, this was... always a but. This, yeah, there is always a but. This was a paper that, that had actual international press. It's very one it. of the, you know, yeah. You, it, was, it was big news at the time, but serious scientists or, or serious commentators on science instantly jumped on it and said, come on, this, this isn't what it seems to be. Mm. Now, I think the scientists were being fair enough. They had actually detected phosphine. But it was like, just because there's no known chemical process on, on the surface of Venus, and even that wasn't particularly true. You could have had things like lightning strikes that were, that were hitting certain things, creating phosphine mm. and that getting up into the atmosphere. And it's like, you, you kind of got to go there first before you think it's life. But then really, since then, Further observations of basically, like, by the time you got to October, <laughs> reanalysis have basically said, no, really, the statistics just aren't there on this data. You've kind mm. of made a bit of a mistake. So it's, it's, it's highly unlikely that there's any significant amount of phosphine in the, in the atmosphere at all, let alone, you know, phosphine that's been created by life processes. But it still was very exciting. Now, what it meant to me was the fact that, like, how hard it's going to be for things like James Webb and, and right. telescopes like that to look at exoplanets and see whether there is life on those exoplanets, for example, because mm. we can't do it with our nearest neighbour. It, it, it's yeah, as in, like, it's right there. You know, Venus is right there, <laughs> and and yet it's like we we still don't know really know the composition of of the clouds we've got some ideas and you know quite a bit of information a lot of missions have gone there mainly russians but it's it's like it's really difficult it's really difficult to say whether venus has any life on there whatsoever 
Yeah, it's a challenging place to go to and get info, I assume. Well, it is, but we've been obsessed with the other planets a little bit, haven't we? Mm. Like, like Mars gets a lot That's of attention. It. How much, how much want is there to go to Venus to find this stuff out? How much money are they willing to put behind it when they could be putting their money behind Mars? You know. Well, there are some big missions. There are some big missions going mm-hmm. to Venus soon, and well, I mean, we could talk about those now. Yeah, who we got? Hit me. Currently at Venus. We have the Akatsuki. Oh, yes. Which is, yeah, which is the Venus Climate Orbiter. So that was a Japanese spacecraft. Now, I don't know if you remember at the time, but it really had a bit of a nightmare hmm. um, because it was supposed to get to Venus uh, much earlier than it did. But because, of, <laughs> because an engine misfired, they had to completely redo how they were going to get into orbit around Venus. I vaguely remember it, that. Yeah, yeah and, it, and, it, and it, took, it took a good five years of orbit correction manoeuvres hmm. to get it back into orbit around Venus. So it was like, it was supposed to get there, 2010. <laughs> but the failure... And it, got, and it got there 2015, five wow. years later. Although it sounds bad, and it sounds like a failure, it did send it into one of your favourite orbits, Matt. It's only the heliocentric. Yeah, but it's actually that the type of orbit that it went into is much more elliptical as well than it's supposed to be. Mm. But I think that might mean it gets a little bit closer. That's pretty cool. There's, there's something very, very cool about how hard it is to get into orbit around a planet, particularly one on the inside of Earth, like nearer the sun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually harder to, get, it's harder to get to those than it is to get to the outer planets because you kind of have to get rid of so much speed to get to sort of like a void, <laughs> just missing it altogether and, and falling down hmm. the sort of gravity well of the sun. It's a, I actually think that's a genius achievement to be able to go, right, we've missed it. We've had a terrible uh, burn. But if we do this, 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 and this, we can get it in orbit five years later. I think yeah. that's, I actually genuinely think that's absolutely awesome. That's a PMA, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. That is a positive mental and attitude you have to do when you go right to space. There. Yeah. Well, the so, orbiters uh, recorded a bow-shaped feature in the planet's atmosphere that stretched for 6,000 miles, almost pole to pole, yeah. which scientists they, yeah. uh, on the project referred to as a gravity wave. Yeah, so, yeah, which is an example of proper science out there and, and, and increasing our knowledge of, of Venus. So all that hard work getting it into orbit was really worth it you know and they've been doing 3d maps of mm. the venus atmosphere mm. and so you can see what the pressure is at various points temperature um and and all types of vapor and electron density and all those kind of things one of the things that's a bit bit contentious is that venus is supposedly the most volcanic planet in the solar system right mm-hmm most amount of volcanoes. It's crazy. It's crazy covered in volcanoes. Just, just loads of volcanoes, which might explain why it's got such a terrible atmosphere. Mm. But one of the things that happens with volcanoes is is lightning. Have you ever seen those absolutely awesome pictures of volcanoes and the the lightning that's yeah sort of goes inside them? Mm. Which I don't know what they, what it's called that lightning, very but it, it heavy is, metal. It, it is very heavy metal. I, if you're going to go with an album cover. That's a pretty good one to have, it's isn't it? Light, lightning in front, inside volcano plumes, <laughs> yeah. I think, is, is up there. Molten lightning. 
I mean, uh, and if you haven't, if yeah, if it. you've never seen vo- uh, lightning, yeah, volcano lightning, just look it up. It's, it's insane. It's so Let's cool. Do it. That's got to be but, an image for the Instagram. Yeah, and <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, we'll stick it on. But the or- this orbiters, one of the th- jobs it's been trying to do is go round the dark side of Venus, and it and it does that uh, thirty minutes every ten days. It goes to the around the dark side of Venus. Uh, you know, the, the the side facing away from the sun. Mm. And that means that it can basically perhaps see lightning happening on the surface. But it, it it never has. So far in the hours and hours and hours and hours of observations on that night side, it still hasn't seen any lightning. Damn. So it hasn't answered this question, is Venus still volcanically active? It just seems, I mean, isn't that, in, isn't that crazy? that after all this time, a planet so close to us, we still don't know <laughs> whether it's volcanically active or not. Yeah, you're definitely right in that we're focusing elsewhere, but I hope we do soon answer these questions. Do you think we would have got there already with these questions if Pink Floyd had, you know, written Dark Side of Venus instead? Because mm. it would have it- highlighted the issues. NASA probably would have put some you know, large bank behind it. Hmm. World tour. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. Have you, have you missed of... me throwing these tangents at you, Matt? No, yeah. Or have I'm you just, just realised why it's no, nice it's, to not it's, have I'm just try- No, I'm just trying to think if there's a, if there's a band that have ever done a, a, an, an album about Venus. Oh, uh, do you know what? Almost certainly there's an album called The Dark Side of Venus. There has to be. There no, has there to be a prog be. band out there. But is as a band ever done an album about Venus? There's lots of films about lots of Mars. Yeah. There's lots of films about Mars and songs about Mars. I was Mars. gonna say in our in our Spotify playlist, there's surely some Venus ones in there, isn't there? But I think I think back in ancient times, or not that long ago, there probably was much more fascination about Venus. And I think it's only in sort of recent times, modern culture, when we sort of know that Venus is a hot hellhole with nothing going on and that people have lost their imagination with it. Okay, I'm going to just... I've just Googled songs about Venus. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's Bjorks, isn't Bjorks there? Bjorks, Bananarama, 1986, yeah, course, yes, did a song course. called Venus. My God, Frankie Al- Avalon, 1960. Lady Gaga, oh. 2013, did a song called Venus. Ah, there we go. Uh, Velvet Underground, Venus in Furs. Of course. Of course. Matt, one of our favourites, Sufjan Stevens, 2017. Yeah, yeah, but that's because he did the whole solar system. Yeah, he can't miss that that one out, That's cheating. Venus (laughs) Venus in blue jeans, Jimmy Clanton. Mm -hmm. Uh, I could go on. But yeah, there's been many. There's been many, but nowhere near as much as Mars. And Mars has been the centre of a lot of films as well, like Total Recall and all those films. Three boobs. The women on Venus have four boobs. You would have thought that that would have been more interesting. (laughs) I mean, you know, if ever there's a reason to go to a planet, Atakatsuki yes. is, is out there looking at it right now. But actually, there's a couple of other probes that have also been there quite recently. Okay. It's not their job, right. if you see what I mean. So the Parker Solar Probe, yes, which is obviously going to look at the sun, hence mm-hmm. it's the solar probe, that actually has been using Venus to get closer to the sun, mm-hmm. right? And it's been able to use some of its um, really cool bits of equipment. You're not talking about Whisper, are you? Yeah, Whisper, indeed. The wide-field imager, Whisper. 
obviously is going to be used mainly for when it's sort of nearer the sun. And, yeah. and it's Parker Solar Probe is going to answer why the surface of the sun isn't as hot as the corona for some reason. Mm. That's, that's, that's a big mystery. The surface of the sun isn't that hot, but the surrounding part is literally insanely hot and they can't quite work it out. To get there, it has to sort of use Venus to kind of uh, slingshot itself down. As I was saying, to get to the sun is really difficult. Yeah. So you have to use gravity assist in, in a way of trying to get down to the sun. It has been using its um, crazy instruments that aren't really designed for this. And it's, and it's revealed a faint glow from the surface. Okay. Because it can see at lots of different wavelengths, it's able to see that because light, light comes up from the surface, obviously bounces off the surface just like it would with any planet. But the clouds of Venus are so thick, visible light never gets through. But if you've got near-infrared wavelengths, they mm. can get through. Mm. So this, it's been able to sort of see distinctive features like continental regions and plains and plateaus wow, and things like that. Map it out. Amazing. So, yeah, so, they, so, they, so they've actually got some pretty good imagery from that of, um, of, of Venus's surface. That's incredible. They've been able to get some science from a spacecraft that's designed to go to the sun. But as they've gone around Venus, they've gone, well, while we're here, we may as well do some science. I think that's really cool. Love that, while we're here. While we're here. <laughs> I've taken a left turn, but, you know, should we just, should we just get a map? I think they were, it was so successful on, the, on that first flyby using Whisper in July 2020 mm. that they decided to do it again in February 2021 they got even better views that time because they were sort of obviously, I guess they were concentrating on it wow. um, more. But it, it can only really do it on the, on the night side because the day side, the, 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 the light from the sun is reflecting off the, the clouds so much that you can't see anything. The surface of Venus, even on its night side, is about 860 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty crazy. Isn't it? Damn. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's another solar spacecraft out there as well. So that's NASA's one, the, Par- the Parker Solar Probe. Mm-hmm. But ESA have one as well, the now European we're Space talking. Agency. Bring now it close to home. They have the Solar Orbiter. Guess what, guess what that's <laughs> They're like the, the classically titled Solar Orbiter. Solar Orbiter. Yeah, so that's taken the closest ever image of the sun. Uh, but it does, again, make regular flybys of Venus. And it's, so it's done three so far. Um, and, it, and, and it uses Venus because the solar orbiter is trying to get pictures above the sun. Mm. All the planets are on this thing called the ecliptic. So we're all on this kind of, if you imagine a fried egg, yeah. the sun is the, the, the yolk and all the planets are the whites. And so we're, we're in a disc. Mm. And it's actually quite hard to get out of that disc. So ev- all, the, you know, all, these, all these spacecraft are all, all still stuck in this disc. Um, but that means you can't see the top of the sun. You can ev- only ever see the, the side that we see. So, Matt, how do we see its poles? Well, that's it. So, that, so the ESA solar orbiter is using Venus as a way of sort of tilting its orbit up. In other words, using that energy to kind of get it out of this disk orbit and kind of tilt its orbit a little bit so that it can get over the poles of the sun so it can have a little look at what's going on there. Because... The poles of the sun presumably are really interesting, especially if you look at the poles of Saturn, where mm. all it's like these hexagon shapes yeah. and stuff like that. Imagine what it might be like on the sun. So that that is the whole idea there. But again, because while you're there, you may as well do a bit of science. 
the bit that's really cool about this, I, I'm sure on this podcast we've said several times that Venus doesn't have a magnetic field. Oh, right? I reckon we've said it eight times. Yeah, at least eight yeah. times. And so, <laughs> so, but it's not quite true, mm. right? So obviously the Earth still has like molten iron swilling around inside yeah. that acts like a dynamo that then acts like a big magnetic field generator. Mm. And that's what causes things like the northern lights and stuff like that because the, the, the highly charged particles from the sun get kind of sucked down the, uh, these magnetic pole lines mm. and, and hit the atmosphere and ionize it and you get these beautiful things. Now, the same doesn't happen on Venus. Uh, and so Venus doesn't have this protective... A magnetic field, which kind of does put the lie to if you don't have a magnetic field, you'll lose your atmosphere. Mm. Like it just can't be true it? because yeah, because yeah, let's face it, Venus has a pretty thick atmosphere, like unlike Earth. Mm. So that doesn't sound right. But weirdly, the sun does interact uh with the Venus atmosphere. So these highly part highly charged particles accelerate through the Venus atm- atmosphere and actually create a kind of secondary magnetic field that is there. So although Venus doesn't uh, sort of generate its own magnetic field, it does have a really weak magnetic field that's generated by this interaction between the planet and the solar wind, rather than a dynamo in the middle. Mm. So, And that was discovered by this ESA solar orbiter, which completely changes how we view magnetic fields on planets and things like that. So that's a pretty pretty important discovery from something that's not really supposed to be studying Venus, but... That is a feather in the cap for ESA. They should be singing about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, things like that, that they are really, really cool. That that is cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, yeah, Akatsuki is is out there as as an actual mission, but soon we should be seeing Da Vinci. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we so go. So that's the Deep Atmosphere Venus Investigation of Noble Gases Chemistry Imaging Plus. Uh, and that, we, we had the, the, um, the mission manager on, on the show. Hmm. Yeah, Michael Sekarak okay. on, on episode 241. Oh, it's a classic. The lead engineer. So that's definitely one to listen to. But as a quick... As a quick one, it's quite similar to the Russian missions, which is, you know, you send something that basically drops down through the atmosphere and slowly you've got, because the atmosphere is so thick, it takes a long time for everything to, to for something to fall down through it. Mm. And it can take lots of measurements as it goes down through the atmosphere, doing lots of different things and, and measuring things. Uh, and when it gets to the surface, it may do a little bit more work but if you listen to that podcast, it's not really designed to to survive that crash. No. Not that it would hit the ground that hard because the atmosphere is so thick it will have slowed down and it's on parachutes and it's going pretty slowly. It's just this like ridiculous conditions that melts lead, the, the, the pressure is ridiculous, there's hydrochloric acid falling everywhere. That's so always the fact, you know. isn't it? The, the, the melting of lead. <laughs> One I'm sure I said a, at least a dozen times in my podcast era. Yeah, exactly. So it's it, it may operate for for about twenty minutes on the surface, mm. which is similar to what the Russian probes did. So we should say that that Russia kind of kind of were it is the Russian planet, really. The Russians did give Venus a bit of a kind of 
yeah, this is our planet, and the Americans made Mars their planet, I think. So maybe that's mm. it. Maybe it, it, like in maybe it's a sort of Western European, and you know the West's view is that Venus isn't particularly interesting because maybe it's just that Russia got there first. I think we should make it the British planet. You joke, but but it could be the Kiwi planet. Ooh. So actually, I mean, Rocket Lab—they're an American company, but obviously they're associated with the Kiwis, mm. and uh, because of their boss. Yeah, they are sending a private mission to Venus. Sounds like my kind of mission. Yeah, so they're going to launch a small atmospheric probe in May 2023. Now, I, I, I don't think it is going to be then. Mm. So I think this may be a little bit old. So it might be, I you know, we 24, thinking? 25, yeah. January, okay. January 2025, I reckon. I reckon. If it does go in May 2023, I'll be amazed. Will you eat that your hat? something. Or- no, I won't eat my hat. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be more like... You'll doff, what, you'll a, doff it to them. I'll doff my hat. There we yes, go. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that that will spend five minutes in Venus clouds uh, at, at, this, at this Goldilocks altitude as well, 30 miles. Will the probe be carrying any instruments, Matt? Yes, it will be, and it'll be looking for organic molecules in the clouds. Oh, yeah. Organic, of course. Now, don't get too excited about organic. God, organic banging on about it organic. Has, it, yeah, it, it all, yeah, don't get, don't get, it's not like your organic courgettes that granola. you buy from Waitrose. Yeah, or your organic granola. <laughs> organic molecules don't even, doesn't even mean it's, it's life. Yeah. It's a bit confusing. It just means it, it's, it's carbon. It's got carbon chains in it. Got it. It's associated with life, at least. Hmm. Uh, so it's looking for orca- organic molecules in the clouds. Yeah, with its um, autofluorescing nephilometer, which apparently oh, is. Oh, that can't like, be real, you know, can it? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't think it was real. Sounds but like yes, something from a book that I read my son. <laughs> yes. And then James. the monkey in the jungle found a nephilometer. That's not my nephilometer. <laughs> <laughs> the Hungriest Nephilometer by Jamie Franklin does, yes. and Matthew yeah. Russell. That is really cool, isn't that it? Is so so cool. a rocket company might be able to sort of send a, a probe to probe to Venus. Wow! So it could be the it could be the the kiwi kiwi planet. I hope it is. It would be amazing if Rocket Lab were the first people to confirm life on another planet. Imagine that. It's unlikely, but if they did do this year, that would make twenty twenty three the greatest year ever. You said unlikely, not impossible. Okay, so it really is. If you're listening, Rocket Lab, then we're with you. We're definitely with you. Wouldn't it? I, it was one of those things where I'll find out that that um, it got cancelled ages ago, and I just didn't know. Yeah, I just didn't tell you. I did, did try to see if it had been cancelled. It's still on the Rocket Lab website, so I'm assuming it's still a thing. Well, and it wasn't. You know, it's a these, bit of a surprise. These Matthew, from last but, year. But one of the reasons that I said yes to doing this podcast is um, they've actually got in contact with me and said that you're going to go on that mission too. So, what kind of factor what? Nivea do you need for Venus? Over 50. I mean, there must be a special one they make. It's the over 54 over 50s. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Wow, that is super exciting. Go on, Kiwis. Yeah. There is a long tradition of, of exploration in Venus, but it all seemed to happen quite a long time ago. Let me ask you something, you know? Matt. Mm-hmm. What would be a day on Venus? I've got the answer in front of me. I just want to see what you're going to say. See, a d- see, this is the mo- one of the Length most surprising of facts. of day on Venus. 
I do know that the length of day of Venus is slightly longer than its year. So I'm going with something like 240 days. Ooh, very close. What is it? 243. 243 <gasps> days. I'm impressed, and, Matt. Yeah, and it, yet its, yet it's uh, year is only 224 days. So it goes, it goes round the sun every 224, 25 days. Hmm but takes longer to rotate than it does for it, for it to go round the sun once, so, which is crazy. So it's really slow moving. But even more ridiculous than that is that its, its rotation is the wrong way round. So it's going the different way to everything else. Damn. So virtually all the planets in the solar system are rotating one way and Venus is going the other way. Oh, I mean, people always bang on about how hot it is. Just go at night. But it's going the wrong way round. So why do you think that is? Why do you think it might be going the wrong way round, Jamie? Is it because like Australia, when they flush their toilets, the water goes... In fact, that's not true even, is it? No, it doesn't do that. No, there is some truth to it, I think. I think there is some truth to the fact that occasion... Yeah, that if you averaged it out, the water goes one way. But yeah. Well, I don't (laughs) know. It's much more to do with just how you were spinning it at any one time, yeah. No, it might be billions of years ago it got struck by something like some other big planet-sized object. And it, and it basically either whacked it so hard it span it the other way or it whacked it so it, it tipped over. Well, I'm just looking online now. It says this is most likely because at some point it was hit by a large object which changed its rotation. Whatever it was, it was a big deal. It had a big old smash up. Well, if someone, something big hit you, you'd flip, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd flip. I'd, I'd flip out completely. I mean, you can only take so much. How many moons does Venus have? Ooh. Uh, I don't know this one, so I'm going to guess at four. Four moons? Yeah. And do you know their names? I don't. That's because it doesn't have any. Oh, you got hey. me. Got it. There are, there are no moons of Venus. No moons. I reckon if there was moons of Venus, you'd probably be able to see them, actually, wouldn't you? That's All right, here's one close. for you, Matt. What colour are the clouds? They're a kind of... Well, they're very... I'll tell you what. They're very, very white because one of the things that, that Venus has is a very, very high albedo, which makes it a, incredibly bright when it's in the sky. Well, you're wrong, Matthew, because... the. <laughs> They're sort of a yellowy. The clouds white. are yellow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Venus has yeah. a thick, toxic atmosphere filled with carbon dioxide. It's difficult to see the surface of Earth because it's covered in thick, yellowish clouds. Yellowish sulfuric acid that trap heat. Yeah, but it's it's it reflects seventy percent of the light that falls on it. Yeah, but it's yellow. That's a bit like my teeth. Bill our eyes. It's a bit like British people's teeth. Oh yeah, like a what's it? Color. My dad used to say it's like. British people have teeth like a smashed up graveyard. <laughs> it's very poetic, which is which, is which is actually weird because mm. statistically we, we actually have a, a, amongst the best teeth in the world. It's it's more of an American joke, I think. They all wear braces from birth, don't they, to get them perfect? That's mm. what we mm. don't. We're not really good at that, are we? Not really. Not, no. not ace at that. Venus is very reflective. Mm. So if the, if Venus reflects seventy percent of the sunlight that reaches it. How much do you think the moon does? So the moon looks pretty bright, doesn't it? Mm. But how much, how much light do you think it reflects? 20%. Ooh, not bad. Ooh. No, 10%. The moon is actually very dark. It's only because it's so close that it seems like it's really bright. But it's actually a very dark, it's actually pretty sort of 
you know, it's quite black, mm. really, as a as a planet. Ten percent albedo. It's not much quite... more than that because it can get very, very bright. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, if if for us, yeah, you, if, for us if, mere if, humans, yeah, if we had an icy moon like Enceladus, so how much how how reflective do you think Enceladus is? Oh, it's got to be eighty percent. Ooh, ninety percent. Get in. Yeah, so and, and if we had Enceladus instead of the moon, it would be in, unbelievably bright in the night sky. I might get a T-shirt that says, I'm Jamie Franklin. I'm only ever 10% out on the Interplanetary Podcast. That's two in a row now. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is two so, in a row. There you go. I'm going, to give you two, I'm going to give you two more Venus facts. Here we go. Venus is it, it's pretty smooth as well. It, it's it, it, its landscape doesn't really change that much. It's all pretty much at the same elevation all the way over. So, in other words, ninety percent of the surface lies within a one to two kilometers. Wow! Even with all the volcanoes, interesting. Even with all the volcanoes, so I guess it's some. It's the volcanoes that that must sort of poke over that. Must be the ten percent that poke over that. that. Yeah. yeah. So so so. Yes, it's got a load of volcanoes. 1,600 major volcanoes. That's a lot. And it said major volcanoes. These aren't minor. No, they're very, very big. They're very, very big. They're not Olympus Mons, but they are... No, no one is Olympus Mons. That is the largest volcano in the solar system. Mm, Big time. Where the base of it is bigger than France. We know that there's volcanoes have been active in the last two and a half million years, mm. but there's no proof that any of them have erupted recently. So we won't expect any lightning album covers anytime soon. If we do see lightning, if they do see lightning, it will be the Japanese with the Ak- Ak- Akatsuki. Any day now, it may spot it. It may, may spot, spot it. it. Yeah. Oh, this has been so much fun. I actually can't wait till the next one. So, Jamie, thanks very much for joining me back on the Interplanetary Podcast. It's been such a joy uh, being with you over the airways once again, Matthew. Thanks for inviting mm. me back. And um, I, it's it's lovely. You it's, know, we'll do always, a few more. Yeah, it's lovely to hang. It's always lovely to hang with me with me, man. Oh yes, yes, bro. Yes. So next instalment, Jamie. What we got? I know we were. I know we were saying we. You know, we were poo pooing it earlier. Yeah. But I think we should have a look at Mars. Yeah, let's stop Similar slagging sort of it off. Into, let's delve let's into it. it off. Let's delve into it. Yeah. And we're probably, you know, there's even more to say about Mars, even though there shouldn't be. There's a lot to say. And we're not going to once mention you-know-who's name. We're just going to no. keep him out of it. I don't even think he deserves though, our airtime. He gets enough. There is one name that you should know, and that's um, Werner von Braun said the emperor of, of Mars, when humans colonise it, will be a chap called Elon. It's been a pleasure. Lots of love. And um, I hope everyone's all right. Look after yourself. And um, see you next week. Or next month, see rather. You. Next month? Yeah. Next month? Yeah, you don't... It's not, it's it's not, it's not weekly you, anymore. Yeah. We're not killing not ourselves. Weekly. <laughs> That's why I left. Exactly. <laughs> you were almost dead. <laughs> all right, everyone. You look all after right. yourself. Speak to yourself. Bye, bye. Bye. Bye.